0: just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. This is the 30th episode of the podcast, which means Week after week, I've been sharing my personal stories and thoughts with you here just one-on-one. And while I've never had a guest on this show yet, I do often guest on other people's podcasts, which is always super fun for me. Rarely is there a concrete topic set in advance. I just ground my energy, open up my channel, and hop online to chat with people I've never met before and see where the conversation takes us. When I say it like that, it sounds a little bit scary, but it really isn't. I've had some of the best conversations with other podcasters, one of which I'd like to share with you today. I met Christine Madera, host of the Conversations from the Edge podcast, a few months ago. Her podcast is a little bit different than many of the other interview style podcasts you typically hear. The episodes are truly conversations. It's like we pour ourselves a cup of tea, pull up a chair, and then ask each other all the questions we've had floating around in our heads, but haven't had anyone to ask. We've had so much fun in these conversations that we just keep scheduling more time to chat. We've now recorded six. Podcast episodes together in the past few months. Yeah, seriously, six hours of us just chatting away on Zoom about whatever's on our mind that day. If you want to hear them all, I'll add a link to her website in the show notes. But for today, I'm going to share an episode we recorded last month called Is Your Reality True or Just a Projection? We wander through discussions about what our human reality even is what we think happens or doesn't happen when we die, and how important our beliefs are in coloring our experiences. Christine considers herself a modern mystic in pursuit of expanded consciousness. Her search has led her to a career as a clinical hypnotherapist, author, yoga and meditation instructor, speaker, and coach, among many other things, all with the intention of diving deeper into the mystery of existence and expansion of consciousness. How fun is that? Okay, without further ado, here is my most recent conversation with Christine. Amy, thank you for coming back. It's wonderful to talk with you again. Thanks for having me back on, Christine. I'm looking forward to our chat. (laughs) Is there anything that you want to add to what I said? You know, I realize how much my work has has branched out from, you know, when you can start doing work with the land, but uh, you can't help but get into all of these multi-dimensional places and, and conversations in order to understand what the spirits on the other side of the veil are, are trying to communicate and show you.
1: Yes. And, you know, there's, you know, when you say dimension, there are so many different not only dimensions like we think of them, 3D, 4D, 5D, but other aspects of dimensionality as well. And we're going to talk about one of those today, Uh, kind of the the virtual world and the projection from what we consider ordinary reality into the virtual world of the internet. And that it really is its own world. It's its own dimension. And we relate to it in interesting ways. And it's, it's kind of a template for other aspects of understanding projected reality that we hopefully will touch on as we move forward. So can you share how you had this aha about the Internet being this projected universe?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect example of them. Doing work with the land and how, then having to, you know, kind of expand my understanding and, and reality a little bit. Yeah, I was led to do some very deep work with a large body of water that uh, is here, not far from from my home. And when I first tuned in and was asking, you know, why why am I being asked to come here? What is it that's needed? I was shown that there was this huge black box that had these kind of tentacle like arms coming out that were anchored into the land and the land didn't want it there. And so I was kind of led through over a period of weeks working through with this device to remove it. And so at some point I was asking some deeper questions about what is this and where did it come from and what exactly is it doing? How is it affecting the energy here? And I was shown that it was like a projector and it was showing a picture of what this area looked like to all of us who are interacting with it. But it was in many ways, like putting a cardboard cutout up, you know, and you know it was completely disconnecting us from being able to connect with the energy of the place. it was it was in between. And so that was the first time I had seen something like that, like something a machine that was uh, creating projections. And I, of course, immediately thought, well, certainly, this isn't the only one in existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and started uh, kind of asking more questions and, and thinking, thinking more through it and really just you know started receiving additional information and and being shown in other places where projections are perceived reality in some cases and so it really was as i was thinking about this being like an ai you know an artificial intelligence machine it just dawned on me that all of the internet is, uh, you know, is a is a projection and is a uh, machine in some ways, and in some ways isn't a machine, you know, right? It's just, um, we're using machines to access it, but it's a projection as well. And so that takes you down all kinds of other rabbit holes once, <laughs> once you start yeah. putting all those pieces. Because it is, it's like a
1: collective projection that we can interact with. And, you know, at, at times, when the internet goes down, I wander around aimlessly, not knowing what to do, because you know <laughs> <laughs> so much of my what, life is
0: what is there to do this interaction,
1: <laughs> but it really it's a, right. it's a projected thing where we we have our own kind of avatars in there, you know on, on Facebook on Instagram, on these things that are projections of us on there, whether we're you know really active with those or not, it's kind of how we represent ourselves. In that sphere. So, on your website, right. your YouTube channel, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, we think about it in terms of I'm interacting with this internet, and the internet brings me the information I want, all this kind of stuff. But really, I mean, it's its own projected universe, for lack of a better term, that we all collectively share, hold, and participate in. And I I mean, to me, it's fascinating because with the way that my mind works is I've been pondering the whole idea of our bodies and our world as a projected experience of something larger, you know, that we're sort of these projected avatars having this enclosed in this projected experience Of this other energy, and you can call it a soul, you can call it your infinite self and call it whatever it is, or like the fragment of that, um, having this projected experience. So we are we are this larger energy, but unlike, you know, and it kind of relates to us. You know, that when we, when we log on to the internet and we operate through our avatar on Facebook or through our avatar on Instagram or something that, you know, that's what's representing us. But what is the avatar? Like, what is their experience? And for us as projected beings having a projected experience, you know, what is it that we're connected to that's projecting through us and that we're having the experience of the projection of, the, of being the created being? Of being the interface, as opposed to being the one that's doing the projecting, and so I've been I've been dancing down that road for a little while. So when I heard you talk about the internet as kind of this this projection, it had me. It was like whoa! Like had me totally fascinated, because I, I think that our experience is more of a projected experience than than what we um, have ever conceived it to be.
0: Well, it's so true, and it's um, yeah, I love I love where you're where you're thinking on this. But if you think about our a fragment of a soul having to inhabit a human body, it mm-hmm. really is almost like you, you're. The energy shape shifting into being a human, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> into this body. And, but yeah, the body, the body isn't you. And yet, the purpose of being here on earth is to be embodied. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how do we reconcile that? And I think, you know, what's really interesting, and I've been playing with this a little bit more lately as well, is because we are just uh vibrating balls of energy and and not Mm -hmm. nearly as solid as as we have been led to believe is that how many things can we actually change about our physical body uh just simply by either having different beliefs about it or having different relationships you know and and it's hard to say, but I mean, you've heard stories of people saying, well, I fixed my eyesight by just, mm-hmm. you know, believing that my eyesight was good again or, uh, you know, all of these um, different types of things. And so we we so identify with the reflection we see in the mirror or, you mm-hmm. know, look down and seeing what, you know, seeing our hand as a solid thing that it's difficult, you know, really for our brain to uh, see it in a different way. But, um, but yeah, definitely the, the internet is such a great example. Um, like you say, of, of, it's just an avatar and you can change the avatar if you want to. And people do it all the time. Well, and the way that I've kind of come
1: to conceptualize this As I've been exploring it is really, you know, it's where our attention is. And so as projected beings, and I'm just going to call us avatars or projected beings because, you know, why not? Our attention, like we learn that our attention is on the physical body and the physical world. And then, you know, because we're physical, all of our feedback systems tell us that we're physical. So we kind of come to believe on a very fundamental level that we have a physical body and that the physical experience is, quote unquote, real, even though we are 99.999% space. And so then, as we grow, we have this kind of conceptual world. So, you know, when we have this on, on in the internet as well, so we've got all the ideas and the beliefs and the um, thought forms and the thought streams and all of these things that we learn to operate within. So we learn to identify ourselves within them. We learn to identify other people. We learn who is us and who is them and how to, how to navigate through these as we grow older and how to navigate through these with life. But fundamentally, we believe that this conceptual reality is real, even though we change our ideas all the time within conceptual reality. So within this projected universe of conceptual, our conceptual world, we individually change our ideas, our beliefs, our thoughts, all these kinds of things all the time. But fundamentally, because the feedback system has shown us that this conceptual world is real, that the foundation of of the conceptual world being real is real, even though it's even less real than the body. Like, you know, a concept... (laughs) has no mass and body has 99.9999% space and a concept is all space. So it might, that might, you know, be manifested into some kind of form like the concept of justice can be manifested into jails and courts and police and all of these things. So it's got these representations in physical reality, but in and of itself, the concept underneath it is completely made up, you know, and it's it's different from place to place. But we believe it's real because our whole feedback system is telling us it's real. But there's another level that we're not taught to pay attention to, but you're tapped into it in your way, and I'm tapped into it in my way, and and different people are tapped into it in different ways. And it's that subtle body. It's the subtle energy. It's It's the energy flow and the information flow that informs the projection that's always, you know, shifting and changing and flowing and connected to everything else. And So how you can talk to the land and how you can do this deep work is through this subtle energy that flows within the form. So within the physical form and that this conceptual world is really kind of this artificial interface between the subtle expression and the physical world. So it gives us a playground in which to play. But then we've got this subtleness yeah. to us, and we're, and through that subtle body, we're connected to everything. I'm going down my own rabbit hole, sorry. And then <laughs> no. what informs the whole subtle, the the whole subtle field, like the web or the the field is consciousness itself, which is always exploring and expanding and expressing. Um, through the subtle energies through the forms through all of these things rising and falling through the concepts and all of this kinds of stuff and like that like when you when when i think about a projected universe like i i think through the layers of consciousness projecting the energetic fields like the field the web of all information and then you know that projecting into something that's more specified like you know the 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 earth energy and then something that's more specified like a human being within that earth energy within these larger things and then you know within that earth energy or within the human energy the projection of form and the human experiencing itself as its own self that's actually like this multiple level of projection and then in experiencing itself in this projective world interacting with other projected beings. I mean, I I, I am down my own rabbit hole. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <am> following you. <laughs> I'm enjoying every minute of it. Yes. Yeah, so and then all those other human beings are reflecting back to you, you know, what, what it is you believe. And, but I, I think you're right. Like step one is realizing that consciousness, your consciousness is not you no. uh, or, you know, the you that you identify with. And so, you know, I've had some experiences lately where I realized I'm telling my brain to do something or not to do mm-hmm. something where I'm saying, mm-hmm. stop it, brain, what are you doing right now? Yes. And in a way that I really hadn't done before. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I realized, wow, I really am interacting with myself, you know, yeah. in a different way. And see my brain running away with something that is just not my intention at all. And I, you know, I have to say, stop it, stop it. Like that that's not me uh, in that way. But I think a really easy way to grab Uh, even that part of it that most of us have experienced is what happens while we dream at night Mm -hmm. and really realizing that you leave the body behind and your consciousness goes on right your consciousness doesn't need to sleep for eight hours your body Mm -hmm. does and so uh it's your consciousness who says great i've got you know a handful of hours to go do something else. And in that experience, you start realizing, oh, I'm, I'm living other lives. I'm in other places. I'm, you know, I'm, in school at the university and yeah. I'm helping other people. I'm that your conscious. It's continuing on. It doesn't need, uh, the body, the body's here, you know, f- for this, uh, as you say, more of more of the playground for consciousness to expand. Right. We get, we get these, this opportunity to be here and play and interact and, and create, but yeah, it's because it's more, uh, it is more of a projection or loosely, put together pieces of energy, it's much more flexible than, than we realize.
1: Yeah, it it really is. And you know, the analogy of the dream, I was playing with this and, and it struck me that, you know, in the whole idea of projection with this, that when you are dreaming at night and you project into the dream, like you, you're experiencing the dream, it's not all of you. It's this little tiny part of you that's happening. It's got your all of your attention is captured on the dream. You know, similarly, that all of our attention is captured in our human experience, even though um, there's a lot of other experience happening under the surface in the subtle body and the subtle worlds and all of these things. But the other thing happening in the dream is that you don't just project into the dream as the avatar in the dream, like as you in the dream, you create the entire dream. And so you as the projector are both both the avatar in the dream and the dream itself, everything reflecting back. And I was like, holy Moses, like that was such a leap for me. To think, oh my gosh, so if I'm projecting into this body, then I'm pro- that everything I'm looking at is my own projected projection looking back at me, and the, yeah. the power and not power in a bad way, but just like the empowerment of really sitting with that and thinking, okay, so I'm not like I'm in this body navigating these you know realms of of this game that we're in like a simulated reality game or however you want to talk about a projective world uh, in like I'm everything I am the me and I'm everything that I'm experiencing as the container of me as well and then interacting with other people and beings doing the same thing all kind of interacting with them but I I was it, it began to help me really feel connected to my my larger self to realize, you know, in my theory of this projected world that like I am all of it. And I knew it from like intellectually, I'd heard those arguments before and I'd heard these ideas about it before and it just never landed. And then one night I ran into, I was working with the, the dream analogy and I thought, oh, like I'm everything. Like that's and just... I- blowing my mind, still blows my mind. And whether it's true, like, you know, and I talk like in this book I'm I'm writing where I'm exploring these kinds of things, I I talk about this a lot, that you know, reality is what it is, regardless of what we believe it to be. And so you know whipping ourselves up with new and exciting ideas about what's possible doesn't mean that we're, you know, that we're that we're actually grasping onto a actual truth, but that we're really kind of opening up the, the ideas and the possibilities that what we have been led to believe is true is, is not that we are much more more beyond that. So we don't have to kind of say, oh my gosh, this is now true. And I catch myself with this. This is true, you know, and try to funnel yourself <laughs> through that new truth because that just, you know, then you're just back in the same old game with the new truth, right? It's just a new shining object to play with. But it's really to yes. kind of like sit in that wondering curiosity and say, wow, what does this unlock in me? What possibilities does this awaken in me if I consider that this, may actually be a larger experience of reality than what i have been led to believe. So it's not a destination. Like i'm not trying to put out any kind of new truth destination. It's more like wow, how do i set myself free to see everything in a new way and to experience life is something completely different.
0: Yeah, and i i mean i think this is one of the hardest pieces for us to grasp when we start thinking of ourselves as multidimensional mm-hmm. is the idea that it's all true. It's all useful in some mm-hmm. way or another. Everybody, you know, everything, everybody, it's, it. it everything is playing their part. And, and you're right, created by yourself to have these mm-hmm. <laughs> own experiences. And, you know, I think it's, It can be very difficult uh, pill to start swallowing when you start looking around yourself and looking at your situation or looking at people that maybe you don't like what they're doing or you don't like their behavior and um, realize that they're there for a purpose too. You needed them to trigger you in this way or to show you something you, you wouldn't have seen in another way. And so it's really fascinating when you can just say, either what if nothing is true and what if everything is true what if every single thing (laughs) is true and I don't need you know because you're right true and false or right and wrong is still Mm -hmm. being in duality yeah it's all made up anyway yeah, 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 yeah. And and we've decided. So, yeah. you know, what might be true today isn't what was true 100 years ago and so we just changed our minds. And so to me there's a lot of freedom in that thinking. Mm-hmm. Um but it it does require you to be flexible about reality <laughs> and I will say I get stuck in my own lines of thinking exactly like this, where I'll just say, well, this is how something is. I be- I've experienced it. And I believe that that's what it is. But I could change my mind, or someone could mm. show me something different. And then it changes completely. So what is true? How How do you know? How do you know what it's going to you know happen next how do we know you know whether or not the whole projection is even a projection it's uh, right and i, and I have to just keep going
1: <laughs> and i have no idea but it, i mean it's very freeing for me to think like that and for me what i've been working with for quite some time is to let go of the living in conclusion like the like but i'm trying to let go of beliefs altogether you know we all right. say oh, if i my beliefs you know the, the beliefs are your reality, and it's true, and it's it's you know your deep beliefs, you know, construct your reality. What you believe, you're you is generally limiting. So any belief, right. though, ultimately becomes like a lens through which you require reality to show up for you. So to me, right. beliefs in and of themselves are inherently limiting, and so for since I was a kid, really, <laughs> I've been on this pursuit of. How do I live free from the constraint of beliefs, ideas, thoughts, all these things? And for a long time, it was like, I would find this new one that completely shattered the paradigm that I was in before. Like, you know, like back right. when they thought the earth was flat and the center right. of the universe. And then boom, all of a sudden, Galileo says, no, this is not true." And then other people, of course, before and after said that. Um, and but it once it was accepted, it changed everything and you you think, you know, differently. Well, now the world is round, but it's 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 in the middle of the solar system and is disconnected from all of these other things and you know, we're finding all these things that are are true and empowering in the moment and completely change our perspective in the moment that don't end up being in and of themselves true. And so, I've really tried to let go of any attachment, I do play with my own sense of reality a lot. It's I have some free time,
0: but <laughs> but here's my question to you. Then is not having a belief a belief? <laughs> well, no, because this is I, where I, I get stuck. <laughs> I'm not believing.
1: I'm not believing that beliefs are bad or wrong or anything like that. What I'm what I do is I, I recognize when I come across a belief that I have, like, oh, okay, this is ah, this yes. is a this is a construction that I have that I am forcing reality as it is cuz i you know it is what it is you know regardless of what i believe my beliefs force it to show up in a particular way but if i remove yes. that lens yes. i'm able to deal with reality as it is in a more direct way so that's what i've been trying to to do so when i'm playing around with these ideas I'm not saying, oh my gosh, I found the new red pill, blue pill, I forget which one of it is, <laughs> um, that we're supposed to swallow to be free right. it, to be to be you know f- into this new matrix where all of these other things are true. It's more like right. you know for me, it's always been how how do you how do you let go of your idea of what reality is in order to experience what reality is from perspective of reality like how do you engage what is without bringing your baggage to the table and so that's kind of led me down down this road and so i i personally for me really try not to do the whole belief thing because i i think it's self-limiting, but I also, and I recognize this is not an easy, it took me a long time to be able to do this and not having, you know, panic attacks because yeah. when you <laughs> let go of your ideas and your thoughts and your beliefs about who you are, about what life is, about what reality is, you know, it can feel very unmoored and there's a way that we we operate in this conceptual world and in the the internet world and these projected experiences they all have their own kind of internal circuitry and technology about how they work the brain works in a particular way it's, it's got a lot of technology embedded in it i think of i i kind of moved myself into thinking of things in the simulated reality because it makes it a little bit less like daunting and a little less personal but if you think about it in terms of right. technology, that that we operate from the brain and the body in a particular way of technology and interaction that involve thoughts and beliefs and all of these different things, mm-hmm. that when we begin to live from that subtle realm, and you do a really good job in the subtle realm, but if you were to bring more of yourself in that subtle realm and, and let go of some of the technologies of this constructive world and operate from the technologies of the subtle world which is a whole different level of technology and the rules are different and yeah. then reality shows up in a completely kind of different way so i my whole life has been about trying to set myself free from my own limitations and sometimes i do go some go down some kind of crazy places to do <laughs> <laughs>
0: well I just like to call it taking my brain for a walk (laughs) let's see what happens when I when I go down this line of thinking but you know what's interesting is and and these are the kinds of things I I do to myself is that so I have a belief let's say around um you know the energy work that I do uh where I will you know sometimes uh encounter an earthbound spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So a spirit who has passed away, um, but hasn't crossed all the way over. And then I help them cross over. And so Mm -hmm. I have created certain beliefs around what happens when we die, what the experience is, whatnot, based on these interactions that I've had that feel very true and real to me. So Mm -hmm. a few, oh, maybe a month ago, I had a dream where I died and, Mm -hmm. and, or I was being attacked actually. And, and then it like cut out in the middle of, of this process. And I was suddenly in, in like the next scene, like a TV show. Right. And (laughs) so I just thought, oh, and I was conscious of what was happening in the dream. And so I just thought, well, that was weird. I must not have died. We'll just move on with this. And uh-huh. so friends come to visit me and they have come to tell me in fact that I have died and it's time to cross over. Right? So now uh-huh. I'm on the opposite side of this uh, experience that I've had many, uh-huh. many times in my, in my waking life or, in uh-huh. you know, journeys and, and this type of thing. And first of all, I thought it really is part of me thinks, you know, it it really is like, I think, right. It it wasn't, I didn't even go all the way through the process. It was, I was about to die and then I'm dead and I didn't even know it. Right. And so that's, and many of these spirits I encounter, that's what happened. They don't know. Uh They didn't realize that that's okay. And then someone comes and tells them. So part of me after that dream was like, well, that was cool. I got to actually experience the other side of this. I see it just proved to me that my experience is correct. Right. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, Correct, but the very next place my brain goes is, what if it's just reflecting my belief that it's correct back to me, mm-hmm. right? What if What yeah. if this is just one version of what happens when we die or, you know, need assistance crossing over? What if there's lots of other ways to uh, cross over or die or move on to whatever is next and, and keep your, in this case, very clearly like the consciousness kept going without the body very easily. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I start going, you know, in my mind is, well, how much of this is really true and how much of it is true because it's just the experience I've had and it just continues my beliefs are continuing to build this bubble around me of all of the things I believe are true and so what else out there might be true which normally if I start asking those questions I start getting those answers
1: they start coming to me
0: so, and then my
1: question, cause when I used to work with people, like I was very aware um, and I've done past life stuff, but in, even in working with people, you know, in here working in this life, I'm very aware that when I'm, when I'm doing that work for me, like I, I don't enter into it with a belief system. I enter into it with like, what are we, how are we, what belief system are they bringing to the table that we need to mm-hmm. shift and change to, be, to allow them to become more empowered. Because I I will wander freely in the place of no belief and have my own panic attacks and be fine with that because I just just right. of who I am. <laughs> but I don't want to lead somebody else there. So when, I, right. when I'm operating right. in somebody else's beliefs and we're, we're working through their beliefs, there's always a landing place where there's something that's more empowering. Now, I try not to to talk about it in terms of this is your new belief. It's like, well, this is right. a new a new way to move forward to investigate and explore. So, like for you, when you're working with these these um, earthbound entities, I mean, you're really working within their understanding of what happened. Yes, and you're assisting yes. them through. What their perspective is, but that doesn't mean it has to be your perspective or truth or anything else. It's simply, this is, this is what they're bringing to the table. And in order to assist them, you need to meet them where they are and hold their hand in the moment and carry and and help to walk them forward instead of bringing your own belief system. Like you're not bringing a belief system and imposing it upon them. You're actually right, showing up right. to what they believe, and you, you're you're reaching people who have a similar understanding of of um, that paradigm and able to uh, assist them through it. But there are, you know, there's cultures that don't do the the tube of light. There's you know that because I always right. that was always my exactly. thing, and I. Don't, hit somebody on a past life regression thing. And they're like, what light? I'm like, Oh, what are you?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) What are you?
1: Tell me what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And And I think this is how I got to this questioning in this, this, or this place as well is that I, as I have interacted with uh, uh, people of other religions and I realize, Oh, uh, well, this is what they were told to believe. Mm -hmm. And What's proven to me is that what you believe is going to happen when you die is what happens. And so mm-hmm. if I believe I'm going to get on a rocket and shoot off into the cosmos, yeah. I think that's possible. <laughs> yeah, which which actually
1: makes it, I mean, it sort of speaks to that idea that, you know, whatever it is meets you where you are with your beliefs, but it doesn't make any of the beliefs in and of themselves true. It makes them ideas that you can move through as you transition through different things, whether you're transitioning through, you know, marriage to divorce or, you know, life to death or any kind of transition as, um, that we make as as humans, because we always have to let go of something and open to something else. And we've got these passageways through there, but You know, beliefs, I think, bring a lens to the experience. And the universe being just the ultimate lover shows up as the lens that you need in the moment. But if you begin to remove your own lens, like you got to show up with people where they are with their lens and work with them that way. You can't say, this is my belief, let's work on and let's bring you into my belief because yeah. that's ineffective. Absolutely. But if if you right. come to something without a lens and you can recognize what their lens is, especially if it's different than yours, it can help to facilitate the experience. But I've been trying to, to work in my life. Like, you know, I think everybody's life is their own experiment. So my one of my big experiments is how do I, how do I live without a lens um, and still yeah. cope
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, and then right right and then go to the grocery store and get your groceries and yeah', yeah. And it's not, <laughs> function and it's just, in the world I, I find them all
1: the time so I know that they're there but then I you know I kind of dismantle them I let them go and I said well what else is possible here what else you know might there be and all this information comes in but I really have tried especially in the last five or six years to receive the information to allow it to flow like a river you know it's a river that's flowing I'm flowing on the river we're all hanging out having a good time but none of this stuff is real but it's just it's helpful and everybody's experience of that is different and so if I hold too tightly to my experience I can't meet somebody else where they're at especially because I really enjoy to I enjoy ranging way off the grid when it comes to, (laughs) you know, thought. (laughs) Right. So I can't expect anybody else to show up where I'm at. I mean, you will, because, you know, you're you. And I have conversations (laughs) with people who do for the most part. But in in general life, like I got to let go of my lenses and, and not think that they're actually true so that I can be with people where they are in that moment so we can, you know, we can share something that I don't require them to show up the way that I need them to show up just to validate my own experience. I think that actually took a long time to learn because we're taught so much that we need to seek out people and experiences and ideas and things that validate what we believe in order to be safe in the world. And um, I don't think that's actually true. I think that's another belief.
0: Well, you're so right. I mean, if you just even think about how we gather, you know, with our friends or our family mm-hmm. that have like belief systems or <laughs> even on social media today, right? You just end up in the groups and uh, places with other people who believe the things that you do because yeah. it's re- reaffirming your own beliefs for yourself. And, you know, it's it's interesting and, and it's such a, to me, it's right just where my brain goes to because it's such a great example of of. This idea, because I think beliefs around death are of things that we hold very closely to us. Depending on, well, some people more than others, but many people uh, very <laughs> much, you know, subscribe to a group idea within their religion or whatnot that mm-hmm. um, that this is what happens. And so, uh, you know, a great example was when I was working with ancestors of mine who uh, wanted some assistance. Their religion, I learned, um, taught them that uh, after you die, you wait with your body for Mm -hmm. Jesus to come back for you. Okay. So that's now I didn't know that. That was, I had learned that after the fact, but I went to visit the cemetery, which was specific specific to this religion and was like, oh my gosh, there's so many spirits here, way more than I would oh, expect. Wow. Uh-huh. And so I realized, oh, again, uh, it's all being reinforced, right? You, mm-hmm. This is what you believed before you died, and then you die, and you're waiting there with your body with all of these other people mm-hmm. who are doing the same thing, right? Everyone's doing exactly um, what they believe, and here's the universe, or, or not anybody coming along and saying, you're doing it wrong, you know, like. Right it's, this is, it's honoring your belief about what is true. And so what's funny is when I, you know, go to interact with my ancestors in particular and and have a conversation with them, I have specific guides that I work with for this type of work. And I realized they don't know who that is. That's not part of their religion. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, you know, I have to say, Oh, uh, if the energy of Jesus comes forward, that's someone they're familiar with, and, yeah. and, you know, can communicate with, but you're right, it doesn't, I couldn't come to them with my mm-hmm. beliefs there. It, yeah. it made no sense to them. I, you know, the crazy lady <laughs> just showed out of nowhere and, and is trying, you know, there, there was no way to convince them otherwise, not that I was you know, particularly trying. So it's a good, you know, kind of, translation into so then what does that mean for all of us who are currently embodied and what our beliefs are and you know what we either are imposing on other people or are specifically seeking out and and gathering with people who are reinforcing those beliefs rather than as you're saying kind of what if I didn't have that belief at all what yeah. What exactly happened to me?
1: <laughs> well, and we can see, and, and actually the internet has been really magnifying of this. It's been an accelerant of all kinds of different things. But one of the things that it has done is that it has really begun to organize people who, believe, who experience their beliefs as fact because they... They surround themselves with other people who are reflecting back to them in their feedback loop that what they believe is true. Right. And so it's divided us in all kinds of interesting ways. And when you believe that your beliefs are true, particularly in when it's, you know, there's other. Things that might point out that maybe you should think that they'd be open to some other kinds of (laughs) truth. And regardless of what you think the truth is, because it's that whole belief that beliefs are true that really stands in the way because we change our beliefs all the time. I mean, we'll change yeah. our mind, and you know, we've got our, our personal concept of who we are, and it's all of our beliefs, and it's our thoughts, and it's our opinions, and things like that. And then we change our mind about something, and like we're still, you know, it, it, but we're we're still the same person, you know. But now we've got this new belief or this new idea, this new other thing, and, and we we don't we kind of gloss over the fact that what we truly believed was true at that moment in time. Wasn't actually true. But now I believe this other belief is really true. And now that's true. And I'm holding on to that because the whole construction of that our identity is real and our sense of self is real, even as all of the ideas and the beliefs we have within it shift and change on a regular basis. But if we really looked at the, the brain technology that believes its beliefs are true and real it's kind of how you know we all believe that we're right it's brain technology it keeps you from standing there wondering why the saber-toothed tiger is running is running to you and should you run (laughs) or should you stand there should you climb a tree should you look at you know all that kind of stuff it's it's a technology embedded in our biotechnology system and that's just how it works and so when you look at like you know, oh, okay, so if I understand that my brain, my brain technology is always reflecting to me that I am right, and everything that I believe is right, and that then when I find something else, sometimes it's really traumatic to find that some, something you believe, like if you're betrayed by a person that you love, that you believed in, and you're betrayed, sometimes there's a lot of pain, and then you're right about them being a horrible person, but you're still right. right. And It's a characteristic of the brain. It's a characteristic of identity. But if you look at it critically, you realize that none of those things are actually real. They are the projection of a brain that believes that everything inside of it that's operating is real and true. And when you begin to look at yourself as as a piece of technology, it's just me going down the rabbit hole again, of biotechnology, (laughs) and you look at how those things operate, you see kind of the facade of identity and the facade of reality, that if we begin to look at it critically and depersonalize it a little bit, which is why I like the simulated reality thing, you realize that that's just how the brain works. It's just how the body right. works. It's it's designed right. to help keep you from like having like being in mired in indecision all of the time.
0: But well, it's such one, a good point. Yeah, just because nobody's going to wake up day after day after day and say to themselves, I'm totally wrong, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're doing whatever we think is true and right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but we do it and then we change our mind and we do that. We think that's right. So where in there is the consistency and the consistency is that the technology of the brain and the technology of this projected system is to always you know, consider that it's right. The brain is amoral. There's nothing, you know, it, it does, it's a machine. It's like a machine that learns what it learns. It's neutral. It believes what it learns is true until proven otherwise, which you can learn how to do for yourself. Um, but that's just the way it works. And so if we took a step back and we said, Oh, okay, that's how it works. You know, where am I in that? Like, how do I, you know, if I, if I step back from the technology. And I look for a deeper experience of who I am, like I look to the subtle or I look to just a larger experience that can see the observer, right? That can see this is just how this organ works. And just because the organ works that way doesn't mean that that's all true and that I need to show up to that as truth. You know, if, if I can live lightly with that and just, you know, kind of let go of beliefs and and allow myself to show up to things in the moment and know that there will always be a construction in the moment because people bring their own constructions. Like they bring their own food to a party. You don't have to provide food. Everybody brings their own food. They bring their own (laughs) ideas. They bring their own constructions. Then you can just let them like live it out. And you just like, you know, you respond as opposed to, you know, the meeting of the belief systems or the clashing of the belief systems.
0: Well, and that's part of why I think we've kind of entered into this space of extreme duality, right? Mm-hmm. That it wasn't, it didn't feel so extreme or so hard to reconcile within ourselves uh, and in the past. And so it was kind of easier to, to let it just be mm-hmm. and, you know, and let there to be a left and a right or a right you know, wrong and, you know, whatever. and And so we've got this, kind of extreme polarity showing up so that we have to reckon Mm -hmm. with with it and maybe say neither is right or neither Mm -hmm. is wrong but what I've seen so clearly uh, in the past year is that whatever I just say whatever you believe is true at the moment Mm -hmm. there is plenty of evidence to show Mm -hmm. you that you're true And so, you know, whatever, whoever's shouting on the Internet about, you know, listen to these people because they know what they're talking about. There is a whole other group that's saying, but we also have credible information, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, pick pick your subject and uh, whatever it is that um, that you believe there is it gets really difficult to say, to look at somebody and say, you are completely wrong, because you right. have to look at, at their actual beliefs and say, I see why you believe that I see that mm-hmm. you have all of the evidence you need to hold that belief. Yes. So why can't I just let you have that belief? <laughs> and right. so I think that's why it's helping us, even though it feels extreme right now, I think at some point, we're going to have to reconcile that and say that, you know, this is my belief today. And maybe, yeah, maybe mine's going to change tomorrow. But also all of these other people have their beliefs and they're valid and true for them because of whatever they have gone through, whatever experiences, whatever research, whatever, whatever that they have had, it's it's no less true than your truth is for you. Right. But there's, I mean, there's another
1: brain technology at play. Like if you think about it in terms of technology. So one of the other technologies of the brain is... Um, unconscious bias, like we talk about it in terms of racism, but we also Mm -hmm. talk about it, you know, where there's learned bias, which is of course, always looking at your own beliefs as true, but then um, there's the unconscious bias. And this is a brain function that your brain is always looking to validate what you believe so that you can operate in the world without like being a bubbling pile of goo. And so (laughs) it's, it's, it's another one of those, ways that our body and brain work that are not personal to us that we personalize to validate our own experience of identity and And what you realize is
0: that this internet has been Uh created to allow us to live in that place to continue uh doing that playing it that way well and hopefully to be able to begin to
1: see how technology how technology can work in a way that kind of creates its own universe and because that's kind of like you know the brain technology Mm -hmm. kind of creates its own universe and and the internet has kind of created its own sphere that you can you know you can participate in or not participate in but when you get deeply you know moving into the flows of it is it is it is its own world that can take over your life and and when you believe that things in the internet which is like one more step removed from you know reality <laughs> another human yeah <laughs> are true simply because it's on the internet um it's it's just kind of like i i'm hoping truly That it can begin to show us and mirror back to us the impersonality of technology and how, and yet how personal it can feel. Yeah. You know, that we take this piece of technology, the internet, which doesn't feel, it doesn't know. It just, it's like a brain, right? It just takes in what you put in there and it spits back out to you what you want to see. It's a Facebook algorithm, right? You put it in, yeah. you get it out, you do your search terms, you know, and all this, you can, you can get, you you get the reflected universe that you are looking for. But if you begin to like take a step back and see how that works and can see, you know, can look at yourself a little less personally and, and take, your own ideas a little less personally and see it in a like, huh, is that how this works? How can I work differently? Because like if you want to change your mind about something, if you want to destroy a belief about something, you begin to look for evidence of something yes. else that contradicts that and you'll find it. Because and there's you plenty will find of it every time for that too. So yes, you yes. can dismantle your own beliefs by looking at other evidence and then you can like neutralize them. So I do that to neutralize. Like I don't do it till they shift a belief from one to the other. I'm like, okay, how do, this is like making me crazy. I need to dismantle this belief. So I'll look for all the <laughs> stuff that makes it untrue. And then I'll have like a whole buffet of possibilities. And I'm like, oh, okay. So all can be true for whoever believes them, but none are inherently true, because there's always going to be something else. And that's one way I've kind of played with my own brain technology to dismantle these, these really, I mean, they're not insidious programs, but they are, um, they're, they do what they do. And right,
0: right. They're, and they're constant. They're, they're constantly running. And they're if you're not questioning them. them.
1: Yeah. So um, anyway, I've been doing this for years and years. So if I'm completely off the reservation, people who are listening. <laughs> you know
0: that's okay I love I love these <laughs> conversations <laughs> me too All right, because they do that for that. me too they do that I, for me too is uh, having these conversations you know uh, does exactly that it makes me say well that's I hadn't thought about that before that's yeah. interesting and and then that leads me you know to another another chain of thinking so I mean honestly in in what with what I do and the the work that I've done I mean I've had to change my mind about things Mm -hmm. (laughs) a million times right or expand my reality is usually what it is it's like I hadn't considered that before but now that I have had this experience or I've had you know this this information I didn't have uh, before then wow I might have to I might have to change my mind about that and so I, I think that's part of the fun. (laughs) <laughs> of our so experience here,
1: <laughs> I do too. All right, we've been, we've been going on for a while. Thank you for letting me, you know, process this stuff out. I've been writing about it, but I haven't had anybody to talk it out with. So thank you very
0: much. Wasn't that fun? Do you like hearing these kinds of conversations, or wish you could join us to add your perspective? If so, keep your eyes peeled on your inbox. Christine and I are kicking around the idea of having some regular chats together on Clubhouse starting next month. If you're not on Clubhouse yet, it's an audio-only social media app. There's all kinds of conversations happening on every topic under the sun, and it's all live. Yep, no recording to listen to later. If you want to hear the discussion, you need to hop on when it's happening. But what's cool is that everyone else in the room has the opportunity to talk too, not just the moderators. So you can come hang out and chat with us, but there'll be more to come on that soon. I really hope you enjoyed this week's unusual episode, and I look forward to seeing you right back here next Tuesday.